What's up? That's Andy. I think he can oh. hear us. <clears throat> I can hear you. I can't hear you now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys look exactly like I imagined. I don't know if that's a compliment or or not. (laughs) That is an insult. (laughs) Clear insult. (laughs) The scotch on the rocks. Please, any scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, Single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengown. Any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Now, seriously, uh, let me get the nerds stuff out of the way. Big fan of what you guys do over here at Sober <laughs> Cinema. One of many. There are dozens of you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe one or two. <laughs> All right. Everybody's ready. So, uh... June 8th, 2018, we're going to be talking Hereditary, which the internet went nuts about for like a solid six months until it was released, and then I guess they piped down about it, and Hearts Beat Loud, and I think both of these premiered at Sundance, but Hereditary had a lot of hype and got like a wide release, and I don't think Hearts Beat Loud ever played anywhere near us as Kentucky residents. And on that note, although he's wearing a Louisville Cardinals Shirt as always. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have our first guest, our first guest after we've started the podcast, like knowing what they're walking into. So, uh, Andy from work, super fan Andy, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Andy from work, that's what I'm starting to be uh, known as after the last podcast I was on. Andy from work. It's just weird for me to have someone come on a podcast where not they're not promoting themselves or anything they do on the internet. <laughs> so it's a little awkward. So you're gonna have to start something that I can promote, other than yeah. Well, cinema. like I. Like I said in your last podcast, I'm probably the least qualified guy you could ever have on a movie podcast. I'd watch mm, a few nope, movies no, here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so I'm in the right place, I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start off on that note. Least qualified. So Yes, sir. Jared. Give well, us you've got at least you've got some numbers here uh, for hereditary and hearts beat loud. What what did they do before we uh get into them six months after the fact? Uh, Hereditary was an 89% from the critics, 62% from the audience, $10 million budget with a gross of $44 million. Hearts Beat Loud with a 91% from critics, 72% audience, budget of $2 million, gross of $2.4 million. I'm just going to give a slight spoiler to our, our listeners that uh, having briefly spoken to Andy earlier today, uh, Josh blowing up my phone. I don't think Hearts Beat Loud is going to top 91% on this particular podcast. <laughs> so we're going to get to that hate at the end of the show. We'll start with the mainstream release. Hereditary. Uh, all I know going into this is like, wow, that looks like a movie Josh Dotson is going to talk my ear off about. Like, And I'm glad that I guess until this point you had not seen it because I've not heard a word out of you on this one. It's one of those cases where... Uh... You and some of our dumber friends <laughs> uh, spoke very ill of the movie after watching it in the theater, and I just kind of took you all at your word and was like, "Okay, well, no rush to see it then." Mm-hmm. Yeah, good advice. Yeah, yeah no, terrible advice. It was. Uh, I felt really bad for not going on my way to see this in the theater. So, uh, so yeah, so that's why right. that happened. You're playing to your reputation of liking, you know, 
nude, disgusting adults praying to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> All that normal weird stuff you like in film. I don't understand. I don't understand where these lies come from. But you did like this movie quite a bit. I, yeah, I did. Okay. All right. I All right. Rest my case on that. Jared, what what did you think of this? You're you're always the horror guy. So I, I don't know if this is like the type of horror movie you like or if this is one that really agitates you for two hours and seven minutes. Yeah, I didn't care for it very much. Uh, I was very ballsy of the movie to have the uh, monster die in the first 30 minutes and then stretch it out over two hours, but... You know, and by it, monster, you're talking about the little wonder kid. Uh, of course, you know who I'm talking about. You watch the movie, <laughs> the ugly one. That's what you're saying. The ugly one with oh, the weird uh, you, click sound. You said, not me. I okay. I'm I'm gonna be insulting this actress because <laughs> for a long stretch, I was like, wait, is she wearing monster makeup? No <laughs> prosthesis. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. reminded me. It reminded me so much because I've seen a lot of love for this this poor child. I won't name her. How about that? But she's the ugly. Yeah, one. you're doing our huge favor. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me, and Jared, I remember you and me both laughing about this. Like, yeah, dying as soon as you see her on screen. <laughs> well, <for the> trailer. <laughs> I was gonna go somewhere else, but we'll keep kicking her while she's down. I guess uh, forever since she can't presumably grow out of that face. But uh, the actress that plays Precious. I don't remember. <laughs> There's, Josh, you're already laughing, so you're already being mean. But me and Jared, I remember we were watching, I guess, the Oscars one year, and Oprah Winfrey got up when that film came out and was nominated for a bunch of stuff. I think she was nominated and was like, gave this, like, it was a really kind of awkward setup. I mean, the Academy Awards normally are, but like, you had people giving speeches to individual actors. Like, they didn't come up and just say, this person's nominated, this person's nominated, and play clips. They had like one person praise each individual and then they would move on to another person praising a different individual. So over Winfrey is praising precious and saying <laughs> that she's got a long career ahead of her and she can't wait to see it in all these movies. <laughs> and, me and Jared are full on Beavis and buttheading, like giggling about this idea. And I think it was Howard Stern. If I can find the clip, I'll play it. That was like, he was taking Oprah Winfrey to task for being so mean. He's like, that young girl is not going to be, the lead yeah. in romantic comedy. It's I like don't she think was. She's going to have a long life ahead of her. Let alone <laughs> her <laughs> like she was, you know, designed to play precious, <laughs> this overweight, abused young woman, and you can't take precious and put her in just any movie. Same with Little Wonder Girl, Hereditary. Yeah. She has been typecast. Uh, all right, Andy, you uh, you gave me a little hint about Hearts Beat Loud. Were you as mean as I guess me and Jared were with Hereditary on this poor oh, young I was... child? I was actually going to say, I'm glad you opened the door on this little girl, because this movie, I'm thinking, what did the flyers say for when they were casting this role? Like, ugly, weird mountain kid needed to play this weird little girl. <laughs> Maybe we finish the toy after the quiz. My name's Annie. My mom died a week ago. She was a very private woman, and she wasn't altogether there at the end. Who's going to take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? When you die. Sorry, I recognize you from your mother. How was your relationship with your daughter? What? Peter? Charlie? 
Are you okay? Charlie? Please stop. Charlie! Charlie! Charlie. Please stop. It's funny looking, uh, but anyway. <laughs> and oh, she's, no, she's going to be decapitated at some point. Y- like. y- yeah, I know, right? Uh, cut her out real early. But uh, I was actually very pleasantly surprised by this movie, which I watched today for the first time. I, I had to pause it when you dropped this microphone that we're speaking of off. <laughs> I, see, I thought you were not enjoying it at all because the look on your face, and you already said, <laughs> I watched Hearts Beat Loud last night, now I'm watching Hereditary. And I was like, oh, you should have flipped them to end on a more positive note. And I said, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Not at all. So, yeah. all right. So are you like a horror movie kind of guy? Do you like this type of weird? Not at all. In fact, when you said, when you gave me the two movies, I said, oh, this would be great. I'll, I'll watch Hearts Beats Loud. That'll be a good movie. And then I'll watch the other one just so I have something to talk about. But in the end, it was completely reversed for me. I, I was not a fan of Hearts Beat Loud, nor was my wife, who I forced to watch it with me last night. All right. So I'm, I'm striking out here. I want... Uh, I guess, Josh, I'll pass the ball to you. We'll let you and Andy go first, and then me and Jared, as the the haters on this particular film, will have the final say, of course. But I I guess just pitch me on Hereditary, because I I think there are – I definitely think it's well-made, but to me, like that last, I don't know, half hour, I'm just like, this is just – it's just nonsense. This is all nonsense happening, and it feels like – for me, it just goes off the rails. Like it, they could show me anything, and I'm like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense in this world because it seems like anything's possible now. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, I would kind of compare it to like Rosemary's Baby because it's that it's not that a sexy. slow burn. Okay, uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I guess in a good way. Nothing against Tony Collette. Yeah, uh, it's it's a slow burn. You know, it's the the tension is building the whole time you you're not quite sure what's going on you know there's um a long spell of the movie where you're not quite sure if it's actually something supernatural or if it's maybe mental illness uh that seems to be aff- afflicting this family and, and Tony Collette's character specifically and by the end of it when you realize like no it's literally what we said, you know, like what, what we have revealed, it literally is. It's this, um, <clears throat> we're, we're summoning and worshiping this this demon. Uh, as outrageous as that is, within the the realm of the rules they set up for the movie, it fits. Um, it 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 works. I, I understand what you're saying about there being like a lot of <laughs> outrageous things that are happening, and you know when they first start happening, we certainly don't understand why or how, uh, like you said, it, it does come off as <laughs> in, anything goes, but it, it's a movie that really, it, it, it sets its own rules early on and they're, they're littered throughout the whole movie. I think this film has a lot of rewatchability to it because of that. Uh, there's, there's a no. lot of stuff. That, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to, to, I guess, pinpoint an exact uh, moment of the film or, or anything about it other than just the fact that, yes, it's well made. Uh, it's well thought out. I thought the performances were good. 
And for me personally, it is the type of horror movie I like. I, you know, I've stated it many times on the podcast. I'm not, I'm not into cheap jump scares. I'm not into like just go- being gory just for the sake of being gory. I think you have stated that you like kids dying though on screen. What's the one we? T- that has been implied. <laughs> that has not been the words out of my mouth. Wasn't there a Harry Potter ghost movie watch where the kids die? Like that. That's like the the ghost thing to like kill children. And I remember you being into that one as well. Lies. All lies. <laughs> you cut out there and froze. I thought you were just conceding the point for like a long time. That's what I saw too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just mulling it over. Like, do I hate children? Father of two. <laughs> Andy, no, but I'm sure. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing what Andy's well, thoughts were. Okay, on. not a not a father, unless I'm just you know he's just hiding that facet of his life from me. But uh, did you make your wife watch this one? Because you already said she didn't like Hearts Beat Loud. Did she watch oh. Hereditary? Honestly, I didn't really know who Red Terry was about. And he told me, I looked it up as we're watching Heart to Beat Loud, and I gave her the rundown. And she said, I'm not watching this. So, yeah, today, when she, she was upstairs studying and she came downstairs, I paused it so she wouldn't have to. She's not a horror fan, so I, I paused it so she wanted to see it. But uh, I don't watch horror movies either. So I was kind of going to this, like, I think that's part of the reason my outcome on these two movies. I went into Heart to Beat Loud with high expectations, and I went to this one with very low expectations in it. You know, it flipped, and I think that's part of the reason I came out with my, uh, you know, the way I saw these movies. But no, to answer your question, I did not subject her to this one. <laughs> I think Josh brought up something that really bothered me more so on the second watch because I'm like the first time I'm like, okay, I just want to see, I guess how this resolves. Like, I mean, they they actually do have me when they when they have a kid hanging her head out the window, her brother frantically trying to drive her to the hospital, and then whack her head just off and then the teenage son just like i don't know what to do here and i'm like i don't know what i would do either and he just drives home and goes to bed i'm like well i guess that's about as good as you can get like in that situation because there's no no way you're not going to have at least somewhat a traumatic conversation with your parents not going to uh weekend at bernie's himself out of this one huh (laughs) i think i think little wonder girl would have tried that with the you know the bird maybe putting (laughs) it Maybe pull a Dumb and Dumber and you're trying to pass her back <laughs> off to Tony Collette. <laughs> Pretty Bird. Her yeah. as Charlie. <laughs> uh, but I, I think the first time I was just like unsatisfied with, like, oh, I don't really like, like Josh said, like everything that they've sort of, Tony Collette's character is saying, I think this is what's happening. For the most part, I mean, she's conned a couple of times, very important cons that sort of, I guess, make the, the devil's pact here. But the fact that it was like, oh, okay, so that's that is what it is. <clears throat> I wasn't as enthusiastic about it, with like old people being naked and <laughs> hell Saint Satan. I mean, it does have that Rosemary's baby thing, except they're naked, yeah. and I'm like, that's not a positive for me. I'd like, <laughs> I prefer more formal, like devil worshiping attire. Like, I don't know, red robes. The second time I watched it, Josh, I think the bigger issue I had is something you said, where it is kind of a film about mental health. You have. Uh, her husband that is thinking, okay, my wife is losing it with good reason. There's some, there's some family tragedy and he's trying to hold things together. But then you introduce some other elements to it about these characters past, like that she, uh, once was about to set her teenage son on fire and he woke up to her like mid act doing it. That was my bigger issue. The second time around is who the hell is this dad or husband? Like he's like the worst sitcom father. That's just like, let's just ignore it until it gets better. Let's just stay in this house where crazy shit's going on. My wife tried to set my son on fire once before. And now, um, they're having a bit of a row about the fact that he, he kind of 
decapitated the the smaller child, the daughter. What? Is there something on your mind? Is there something on your mind? It just seems like there might be something you want to say. Yeah. Like what? I mean, why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? Sneer at you? I don't ever sneer at you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. Okay, so fine. Then say what you want to say then. Peter. I don't want to say anything. I've tried saying Okay, so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead. And I know you miss her. And I know it was an accident. And I know you're in pain. And I wish I could take that away for you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge that you did what you did. But your sister is dead. She's gone forever. And what a waste. If it could have maybe brought us together or something. If you could have just said, I'm sorry, or faced up to what happened. Maybe, man, we could do something with this. But you can't take responsibility for anything. So now I can't accept. And I can't forgive. Because... Because nobody admits anything they've done! What about you, Mom? She didn't want to go to the party. So why was she there? All right, we're stopping this right now. Ted. I said stop right now. Fine. Fine. I think this is this is probably like the standard just leave horror movie like role here. Just just take your son and get out. Nothing good's happening here. Uh, e- even if not taken to that degree, I did have that thought, especially uh, at that um, dinner table scene where they get very confrontational early on. I was like, isn't that about the time you're like, okay, we got to go counseling. <laughs> or we got to go talk to somebody. We got to, this ain't, this isn't working. This isn't healthy. Uh, so, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. My wa- and my wife, way to, her way to solve that is to have a seance. And it's clearly, <laughs> yeah. you know, freaking <laughs> out. My son. Everything. Um, so yeah, all, all that stuff. I'm just not really into that, that type of thing anyway. I'm like, Josh, that's not how I spend my, my weekends researching this stuff and looking up those, those black arts. Jared though, I know that you're an expert. Where did they go wrong here? Please say Um, nudity. Yes. Way too much gross old nudity. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I think that it never really defined itself was one of my main problems with it. And I know that's kind of like the twist in the end is like, that's what they were saying the whole time. But you're losing a lot of people because you can have one side of the coin be like, I want a really scary horror movie. And I don't really think it achieved that until like the last 
20 minutes when it goes batshit insane. And two, you have people coming in that, you know, like the more artful type of movies. And this, there's a lot of metaphor building. There's a lot of, um, like you said, allusions to mental health. And there's the blurring of the lines. And you don't know if it's mental health or if it's an actual, um, you know, possession or whatever. But then they throw that out the window the last 20 minutes. Like it's just straight up. Now I, I read that the director said it's all, <laughs> it's all literal. The last like 20 or 25 minutes, there's no, um, there's no double meaning to it. I mean, you can still assign metaphors to it, but no, that's, that's batshit crazy, you know, crazy stuff at the end of the last 20 minutes. So it's just, I don't know. It just never really solidified for me. I, I just didn't care for it. For me, it was just, Hey, just have a, just have a son. Just that that's what you need. <laughs> you don't need daughters. Apparently like I don't, I don't get the, I, I really don't get the ending. I, I guess I read more about it the second time around that. It's like, Charlie, the little girl, the whole time was like mm-hmm. the the carrier of this, and I'm thinking, well, man, she, it was she was never quote unquote Charlie. It was the demon the whole time. Like, do you think that when, was in, in the casting notes, Andy? Like, <laughs> like yeah, a I, mountain I, child I, demon. I don't know if you saw my face there. I didn't get <laughs> that. Made no sense to me. Charlie was the demon the whole time. So I, I've taken a few notes. First of all, the dad in the movie was actually like my favorite character. That guy had a level head. I thought the whole time. Puts up with a lot. He tried to just just suppress it all just let's just live our lives like at the dinner table let's change the subject let's just change the subject i actually i was really bummed when he went out and and that scene didn't make sense to me i thought that when that book was thrown in the fire that tony collette would have gone out but that was another thing i had an issue with josh like even that was even the first time watch i'm like okay because i thought it was gonna like drive him insane like it was gonna it was gonna prove to him once and for all that she's right because she doesn't after that serve too much purpose other than crawling up the walls. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought she was just going to go on fire in front of him and then he's going to lose his mind and like buy in, like believe this like witchcraft or whatever. My understanding between, you know, watching the film and kind of reading up on it and stuff afterwards is that once she does the seance and she, she reads that passage in the foreign language that they don't really know what it means and stuff is that she's, she's initially, she's basically given that the power over to that demon to be able to manipulate things as like it, opening an email link from a stranger <laughs> just takes yeah, over. pretty much. Yeah. So it's why the rules aren't hard and fast at that point. It's screwing with them. It's doing what it wants to do to manipulate the situation to its liking. Andy, do you have more notes on? I did. I just been writing down as y'all talked. So, uh, you all, uh, well, going way back, uh, when you mentioned all those, horror jump scenes that you know is like classic in horror movies and i'm not a horror movie guy so i expected a lot of these there really weren't any which was actually kind of nice because there were times where they build up like it's about to happen and i was bracing for it and it didn't it didn't it didn't go down it was like a dream or something which was kind of nice and uh my my thought throughout the whole movie especially after tony collette in that group mentions her uh family history i just keep thinking oh well this could all just be crazy people except for the husband who had the level head i was like this makes perfect sense everyone else is insane they got that gene and the husband's just living with it just yeah, I, get it. I like and, your version I mean, of it being like outbreak where it's this yeah. virus that's passed down of crazy yeah but the husband doesn't have it so even towards the end i was like which like you mike i wasn't i didn't quite get what this king of Hamist or whatever it was. I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but I was like, this guy could just be crazy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just has lost his mind. 
and there are insane figures gone. The dad. Yeah, that that part was unfortunate. Um, going Thank back you, to what Josh. you were saying about the <laughs> <laughs> the one good guy, it was unfortunate. I, I agree with Andy that it was a good character. But uh, you know, going back to what he was saying about the jump scares, you know, the closest they come to that are like scenes where like the son is in class and he's kind of fighting off. I don't know if it's a possession or just whatever it is. You know, worst teacher like, in the world, by the way. I mean, at the very least, <laughs> you're thinking, hey, he's having a seizure. Maybe we go over and like restrain him, but just stand <laughs> exactly and watch. I a seizure. He does nothing. <laughs> right, right. But like, you know, that's the closest to come to jump scares where it's like, you know, he freezes in that awkward, uncomfortable looking position and then just out of nowhere, he slams his face to the desk. Uh, I can appreciate little jumps like that because it's not it's not cheap thrills, but it's just it's living in the moment, but still kind of startling you. But I think that just kind of plays into like the whole the whole mood of the movie is like uncomfortableness. Like there, it, it makes you uncomfortable in all these scenes. Like just the little girl Charlie, like you know, she eats that candy bar like at her grandma's funeral, and, and you know, and it's just little <laughs> things form. like that. You're like, yeah, you're like, uh, that's awkward. Um, the dude who's smiling at her at the funeral it turns out to be one of the cult members at the end. Uh, just stuff, little moments like that, I think, really kind of get under the skin. And that's the type of horror movie I appreciate and I like. It's stuff that just it, it builds that tension. It, it it lays that foundation of just something is wrong, something is off, and it, it really puts you in that feeling the whole movie. And it only gets worse <laughs> until until the end. Yes. <laughs> I agree. But I mean worse in a good way, <laughs> unlike you. I don't know. Just more more devil shit, I guess. That's just I felt like I wanted Jack Black and Tenacious D to show up or something and sing tribute <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Maybe during the when he's crowning the the kid that, you know, was not very good in school and I don't know. Let's move on to Hearts Beat Loud. Let's do let's talk some more music. Let's do it again. I don't know what it is I can't make my heart feel like that When did you write this? Earlier today You can't make your heart feel like what? I don't know well, try and think about it. You can't make your heart feel like what? Full, I guess. Like, some of it's missing. Speak now, streets are flooded. Hearts loud, we feel it in our blood. And now our hearts beat loud. It's just a bunch of words. I'm not even sure it means anything. Meaning, shmeaning. I want it that way. They want what? What way? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Hits Wait, on. I'm sorry. Are you bringing up the Backstreet Boys in reference to my lyrics? All due respect, it's actually a pretty good song. Mm. Oh, come on. How did you get to be such a music snob? I wonder... This is a mood piece. It just has to have a feeling. This has feeling. Wow, I thought this one 
I thought everyone would just go along. This is a pleasant movie. Uh, Andy's giving me a death stare when I'm trying to give him a <laughs> gift of a microphone and a guest spot on the, the famous, world-famous Sober Cinema. Josh <laughs> is blowing up my phone, saying how much he hates the daughter character. Like, apparently much worse than I hated the hereditary demon child, the mountain child, as Andy calls her. <laughs> uh, I This one uh, is, I think, let's see, I've seen it. I've seen it twice. Uh, my wife actually wanted to watch this one twice and liked it both times and then i told her coming back today i was like i don't think andy liked hearts beat loud and she's like what's wrong with andy and i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah what, what's wrong with you Andy? you you wanted to come on this one because you're a big nick offerman fan so i'm guessing did he just do like a 180 for you is he just like too nice you don't like father offerman here you know i guess I was talking. I was trying to figure it out with Nina because I do like Nick Offerman, but I was like, maybe, maybe I just like Ron Swanson. <laughs> you know I mean? That's kind of his big. That's what he's known for. He did go on tour and do like that one man show thing where he's basically Ron Swanson on stage. And this guy was not Ron Swanson. Well, there's uh, a little bit. I mean, you think at the beginning is like he seems disgruntled and he's going to be very jaded, but the not with his daughter. Scene, not with his daughter that's though. About it. And a lot of the film was him and his daughter. And their yeah. their band that they're creating. Oh, I would say it was literally the first scene where he's like smoking a cigarette, and that guy gives him crap, and he basically tells him, you know, beat it, buy something, or get out. And I was like, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be this grumpy guy in a record store. Not what I got. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> that was it, Jared? What what would the this is our forgotten film? What would listeners who've not seen this yet? Uh, what do they get from Hearts Beat Loud? <laughs> Um, I feel like I'm going to be alone on this one. Like I feel like I've invited guests on to attack me. Like Jared and Josh were going to. <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. What no, I actually, I actually um, rather like this oh movie. Oh my god! If Being I'm quite honest, the nasty Hellcats <laughs> are two for two on this episode. Wow. A, uh, a father and daughter form an unlikely songwriting duo in the summer before she leaves for college, and that's really. I mean, there's not too much more to explain about that. As far as like the uh, the story goes, you can. You could uh, accuse this one of being a slow movie as well because it, it, it lurches uh, quite slowly in a lot of what it does. I would say it's slight. That that would be my main – if I was going to give it a criticism, there's not a lot there like other than no. father-daughter bonding. And actually some of the extra stuff I don't like, like uh, Blythe Danner here as Nick Offerman's mom who mm-hmm. is just like – I don't know. It feels like they're giving him an excuse for not, I guess, like pursuing his rock dreams. I don't know. Like he's like has to be a caretaker to his mom now, but it it's only in there briefly. And I thought, okay, I, I think that probably could have been cut out. I do, on the other hand, like Ted Danson as the pothead bartender. I like him quite a bit. <laughs> I'll second that. That was probably yeah. the highlight of the movie. Yeah, third bad actually. Ted <laughs> okay, so we have some some common ground, Josh. You hate the daughter. You were you were blowing up the phone, calling her ungrateful, um, saying she was she was she had a good thing, and she's like, "What?" It, the scene that you hate the most is where she threatens to sue her father for putting their yeah, song out I mean, on Spotify. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure she was being facetious when she said it, but still, like, you had a good time with your dad, you know, recording this music and stuff, and he gets all excited and puts it on Spotify, and and on top of that, it actually gets play. Like people are like getting into it and like a lottery it. ticket a one in a million yeah. shot that it actually catches on yeah yeah and your first instinct is to go to your dad and complain and grot <laughs> about it like 
Yeah, you had no right doing that without asking me. I could technically sue you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and I could technically throw your butt out onto the curb until you get a job. Is what <laughs> I could tell you. You like your children on film decapitated. We know where you stand on this. Oh my! <laughs> they need to be. They need to be a little more grateful. Is what they need to be. I mean, I I, I don't think you're meant to like the, that character in the moment because we're already exposed to the fact that Nick Offerman not only is he own a record store, but it's failing. Like he's, I think early on in the movie, is it like the first interaction I think he has with Tony Collette, his landlord? He's like, hey, bad news, I gotta shut this down. Won't be here long. Yeah. And so yes. it's a guy that's tried to kind of stay in his dream somewhere, at least in, involved in some way in the music business, just by having a local record store. And sure, he gets this one, you know, finally he gets a little appreciation, a little love for something he created musically. And his daughter is like, well, that's stupid. We shouldn't do that. That was stupid because it didn't work out for you the first time. So I'm basically not going to waste my life like you, which is extremely harsh. But also, I don't know. I guess she's playing like the adult here. Is that what we're supposed to read this? Like he's he's sort of still the adolescent that has like sort of you know, pie in the sky dreams and she's the realist. She's the grounded one. That's what I read out of it. And I don't mind that to a degree. It's just, again, if you're having a little bit of success and it's enough to make your poor dad who's down in the dumps, have a little bit of happiness, (laughs) you know, it's like maybe roll with it a little bit. I'm not saying, yeah, turn into, uh, I, I don't have a good, a good analogy, but I'm not saying throw college out the window or any, chance of getting a higher education and a a better profession but maybe don't completely neglect the fact that hey you're talented and your dad's helping you exhibit that talent and you know it's something that's like bringing him a lot of joy and apparently it brings you some joy it's just you're a little bit jaded about it and you know like i said it goes back to ladybird okay these teenage characters i knew it every movie you're gonna say this until this podcast ends these teenage characters who are just so unlikable and i mean i don't know maybe i'm just getting old maybe i just wanted a movie with nick offerman and ted danson (laughs) i guess (laughs) but i I just i I do not how likable do you think you were as a teenager josh because i was around you you weren't that likable I wasn't that angsty, I'll tell you that. I didn't go around like <laughs> hating my parents because like they wanted to like do something good for me and be <laughs> participate in my life. It is it is a little bit different because I don't think we often see in this case uh the adult supporting becoming a musician as opposed to like you know, you usually see it the other way, right? Like get a real job. You know, yeah. don't don't do something crazy like that. Like do something practical. I think I kind of liked the the shoe being on the other foot a little bit. I liked her not being that likable, but her almost like her being the overbearing parent trying to dash Nick Offerman's dreams. The stuff I didn't like was all the extra stuff. I, so I didn't I didn't like his like pseudo romance with Tony Collette. That kind of goes nowhere. I didn't like the the mother being involved. I could have stood for more uh, Ted Danson, but I I don't know. There's this feels to me, it kind of feels more like a short film than it does like a feature length movie. Like I'm kind of surprised that Josh and Andy have such dislike of it. Cause I can see not going crazy about it, but it's just kind of, it's just such a light touch. And even Andy, your wife didn't like it at all. Yeah. Well, I got a, a few things to say. First of all, I don't know if you remember my complaint on uh bad times at El Royale, a lot of singing, a lot of singing in this movie. That's, so that's going to not- be hard. Hard to get over with this one. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a lot of singing. And actually, I'm glad you brought up Lady Bird. My wife did the same thing, and she was like, you know, and, uh, only the opposite, because you apparently hate it. Uh, <laughs> I do. We we both liked it, and she mentioned, you know, she's she's obviously a lady, and uh, she was like, Lady Bird was relatable to people like her, because she grew up straight, with maybe not super accepting parents, and they went through regular teenage things, whereas this girl grew up very talented, good-looking, uh, with like the most accepting father ever. When she comes home late, she's like, I was riding a bike, which is the most dangerous thing in our minds. He was like, you're supposed to call when you're staying out past midnight. That's his only gripe. Whereas if Lady Bird did this, like, it would have been the end of the world. So she was just like, this is, you know, what it, it's kind of coming of age, but not really, whereas Lady Bird was. So you're saying that uh, having such an understanding father and still being abusive, still rebelling against that, makes it, like, sort of untenable to watch. Yeah, it's just like, who who is this, who are we, uh, you know, trying to reach with this one? This attractive, talented lesbian girl with the most accepting father ever, who, like, hey, I heard you wanted a sampling board. I bought you one. And she's like... We can afford this. Like she has ways to complain about it. It's like, don't you really want this? Isn't this cool to you? This is your thing. And she's like, I just don't know if we can afford this, even though I'm leaving in a week. <laughs> I guess that brings up the other subplot of the 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 dead mom, the dead wife, which I guess you would, I, I guess you're supposed to say that this this girl is playing that part because there wasn't like a responsible other half, but it, it does look like in the pictures that she was also a musician as well. So I don't know if it would have played out like that entirely. Um, Jared, <laughs> I have to say I'm shocked. Cause I, I told Andy earlier, I'm like, Oh, you hate it. Well, Jared will be right there with you. on <laughs> speak loud. So what, this does not seem like your type of movie at all. Uh, yeah, right off the bat, it had that kind of lo-fi in, uh, indie sound to a lot of the music that I didn't think I was going to end up liking. But, you know, honestly, uh, maybe I'm joining Josh and getting older and uh, softening my stance a little bit. But the, I actually enjoyed the music, honestly. Um, it, it's It was such a short film and, like you said, a light touch. And it just kind of – it keeps a, an air of realism, though, too, because they they don't get famous off of it. They don't, you know – they don't have these big pie in the sky endings for this uh, father and daughter duo. So no, it pretty much works out as it was going to anyway. Yeah. For the most part, she still, she still goes to college. They still end up, I mean, he ends up okay. And you know, him and Tony Collette don't actually end up together. And Ted Danson still enjoys his pot. So, you know, it's, I guess it all works out. <laughs> it all works out for everybody, you know, but it still has a, a an air of realism about it too. I'm terrified at the, proclamation that as we're getting older you're becoming me and i'm becoming you that's <laughs> well that's devastating that oh, here's uh, here's inching back buddy <laughs> <laughs> speak, speaking of that speaking of that i will explain i am a bald man ted danson you know he's been bald since like cheers didn't he take off his his wig on one episode i thought he did that once i don't know Wait, he wears a wig yeah like since yeah, the 80s he's worn a wig, a wig. He's worn a wig since Cheers, you know, back in the day. I know. I know. And he's got like some magnificent hair in this in this movie <laughs> as well. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm on board with this toupee business. If if I can get a Ted Danson level quality, do you think you can do that? Like on Amazon, can you order like the Danson? Is there like one that <laughs> probably not? Should... I think nah, you got to know a guy to get the Danson. I did wonder. I mean, I, I like Ted Danson, but uh, Brett Haley. One thing I like about him, this this director, is that he he uses the same actors. Like 
uh, Black Danner. I feel like the only reason she's in the movie is because he she was in one he did two years prior with Sam Elliott. And his next movie had Sam Elliott and Nick Offerman in it, and this one has Nick Offerman. I did wonder was the bartender role originally meant for Sam uh, Elliott because it just feels like maybe maybe his next film will be Ted Danson. I I kind of I, I would dig that. I think I would like yeah. to, or just that character, like what he did during oh, Hearts man. Beat Loud, like during when he went <laughs> off into the woods. Uh, all right, so this one is our, our forgotten film that I, I think, you know, as Jared said, critically, apparently it did uh, mildly better than Hereditary, according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, not so much the box office. But I wondered, well, I'll, I'll start, we'll go with our, our negative crew, the the, old, the two old Muppets in the, uh, the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do you think Hearts Beat Loud, if it comes to like hulu netflix do you think it'll find an audience that people will just sort of click on it and it'll be you know light enough that they'll just be like oh that's that's fine like 80 minutes or you think they'll they'll tap out no it will find an audience in fact it would have found me like 10 years ago uh that scene at the end where he recommends animal collective to that one girl i remember thinking animal collective stinks but 10 years ago i was like have you guys heard of this new band animal collective <laughs> i was so into that hipster scene and everything man i i yeah it, it in the music uh you know the old guy like learning all the guitar and b- being hip with the times which is actually my biggest problem with with uh offerman how he owns a record store but even in that first scene which i like what's he doing listening to his macbook like youtubing and then he, later he like gets on spotify i'm like D- you're you're so subscribing to all the things you hate, but to answer your question, Killing yeah, it his will own find business. an audience. That is a good yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Poser. You know, he's not listening to his he- his old time big fat headphones plugged into a record player. He's listening to his MacBook. It did remind but, me of that scene in uh, High Fidelity. I don't know if you see. I know Josh and Jerry. I think we've seen it countless times. But where John Cusack as a record store owner comes in, and Jack Black is wanting to do his like I think Monday morning mixtape. And Cusack, he doesn't want to hear it. First off, it's obnoxious music that Jack Black wants to play. But he says something, and it's like a damning sort of sentence uh, to Jack Black's character that I just want to listen to something I can ignore. And he, like, goes off on him. Since when did this store become a fascist regime? Since you brought that bullshit tape in. Oh, man, that's great. That's the fun thing about working in a record store. You get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a fucking conversation stimulator, man. I was going to ask you for your top five records to play on a Monday morning and all that. You just have to fucking ruin it. Hope we'll do it next Monday. No! We'll do it now! Hop in the record player, yeah. Which, but, that but, is a conclusion he comes to later. He, 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 he comes to the conclusion that he hates running the store now at this point. That it's I don't know if it's just because of bad memories or... Is it like a know, reminder of failure or something? That's like he, That's I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it might be, yeah. So. I thought that it would have been a better ending if he said, you know what, uh, I'm going to just open this and be a recording studio because that's what I'm into now. Instead of just, I'm going to work at the bar so Ted Dancing can go smoke weed with trees. <laughs> I mean, that's what he kind of ended up with. Be a supportive because friend, I'm going to be a Andy. spilling guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I agree with Jared that I, because I thought the Tony Collette character, I thought the whole time, okay, she's only there to provide some sort of like, Deus Ex Machina at the end where like, Hey, you know what? I'll support you. And I guess they kind of skirt that line where she's like, Hey, I'll go in like as a partner with you to keep this alive. (laughs) And I like that. That doesn't happen. It's not, it's not just a financial thing. It's like, Josh, you're saying he's just tapped out. He's like, no, I just don't, I'm not into it anymore. I don't want to do it. So yeah, there's no, like even that, that last show, it doesn't like make him love 
his record store anymore. Yeah. He's just he just got to play in front of twelve people. Like this show, like Sober Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Was that good? That was a good uh, segue. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, being reminded of failure, I guess we got to come back to hereditary. I'm saying this should <laughs> nowhere near have been the success. It was the bare minimum amount of research I did was, Hey, let me Google hereditary and exorcist and see how many goddamn times someone said, this is the scariest film since the exorcist. Let's see the, uh, daily mirror oh, over in, uh, Britain, <laughs> uh, business insider, cinema blend, digital spy. There's an article on medium. Uh, which that could just be any idiot from Twitter. Why Hereditary is more significant than The Exorcist? Are we ever, are we ever going to stop this with horror movies that are like mildly intriguing, mildly successful? They are not the next Exorcist. I have a problem with just any genre piece, you know, trying to find the number one of that genre because I mean that's objective anyways. But trying to say this is the new that this is this tops it because. I, I don't know. That's just a that's a fool's errand trying to to say that you either dig it or you don't. You know, it's either something you get into and you enjoy it. And well, that's kind of the Twitterization of like pop culture discussion is you have to like race out to like love this thing the most or hate it the yeah. most. Like you get yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that's why I'm I'm firmly in the Nasty Hellcats camp tonight. As far as Hearts Beat Loud, nothing changes. <laughs> you sing some songs with your daughter, but you're still just you're gonna tin bar. You don't become a big success. Everything stagnant. I don't believe the devil's coming back. I don't believe that kid with the mole on his face. I don't think he's become the crown prince of hell. I don't believe in it. Charlie was just ugly. She's not a demon. She's just unfortunate. <laughs> She's not a and demon. that's almost more sad. Than- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor girl, I looked her up when Andy said she's a, from the mountain. She's from Tampa, Florida, so shout out to superfan Hyro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what Hyro? I was about to say sounds about right. But. Say, Hyro had, Hyro had to stop our conversation for a second. He said, you know that this is like an actual thing that's wrong with her. Like, this isn't prosthesis. I was like, yeah, I know. Wait, what's wrong with her? <laughs> don't stop me. That's her I, don't, I don't Yeah, I get that. I don't, I don't know. Think they, I don't think anything's wrong with her. I, if you look at pictures of her, what? she looks. <laughs> you, you don't. No. Well, what I'm going to say is, if you look, if you look at pictures of her, like on the IMDb, I think look- that it's lucky that that telephone pole didn't get hit into fucking splinters. <laughs> you know, how awesome that would have been if she destroyed the that telephone. tickles Peter. <laughs> Josh, you were trying to make a point somewhere in there? Somewhere in there, I was trying to. <laughs> Apparently, Jared's hit the sauce early, though. And oh, completely he's, sober. He's got, got a lot to say. I'm trying to get Jared to drink again just for the sake of the show, but we, we are actually doing it sober. Yep. So I just have to throw <laughs> ugly children at him to get him in fighting shape. But what I was trying to say is that if you look at pictures of her on IMDb, yes, <laughs> she has... I was really hoping you're going. Gonna... I'm, I'm going to try to be kind about it, okay? I was really she hoping you were like... going to say something about the movie. I'm like, don't open that door again. Jared's just oh. <laughs> stop. <laughs> he already hit a solid double. Don't don't give another <laughs> swing at the bat. They they added stuff to her for the movies. The bottom one I'm getting at. They added scars and I don't know some pros some processes. If, if you look at her picture normally, it's not. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't dare. It's not uh, <laughs> I as outrageous as the movie. 
<laughs> in the mythology of the movie, was she breastfed by like by, grandma. by the grandma? Yeah. How do... <laughs> I agree. I just, I guess, I don't know enough about women's anatomy to where you can just like flip the switch and then milk pops out. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm looking at her on IMDb. <laughs> and other than a couple of scars they added, I pretty gnarly. Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, I'm not. The sad. photos are from this movie, but why don't you ask her to prom, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see a "She's All That" remake with this young lady. <laughs> <laughs> she takes off the glasses, and suddenly it's like, "Wow, she's amazing looking!" Whoa. <laughs> Oh, what were you saying, Josh Redterry? Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have got the love that did, obviously. <laughs> People didn't know what they were watching, or they were blinded in the theater. <laughs> Five minutes in. It's like that scene in Indiana Jones. <laughs> Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hearts beat loud, all the way. Glad we agree on that. Came yep. to that conclusion. <laughs> Andy said it would find an audience, so... I'm going to take that. It will. Uh, 70 and 20 year olds would love that movie. I'm telling you, I would have at that age. I was all into that hippie stuff. Aged out of it, though. I think so. At 28. <laughs> yeah, I've aged out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that'll do it, Josh. We covered uh, Hereditary in its entirety. This could pretty much be like an audio commentary track explaining the whole thing. Oh, I could, I could tell you so much more about it, my friend, but... I actually applaud don't your, have the time. your restraint on not texting me your theories about this one. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I will say this, that Tony Collette is really good in this movie. I mean, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's really having to uh, play on the fringe edges there of emotion, you know, just barely hanging on to sanity there. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty good performance. I think I just like it more when I feel like this is a woman who is so unhinged that she'll try anything like out of desperation to just like fix whatever crazy shit's going on. But when I, like when it is revealed that, Oh, she's just like a piece on the board being moved around by like ugly, like old women who are like, I don't know, have like a book club about demonology. Eh, I don't know. Just don't care. Your loss. Awesome movie. Yeah. yeah my go. loss. Yeah, go, not, go, to hey, drag, go. not to drag the podcast out, but I actually disagree. Like, I was not b- convinced that she was so torn a- away by her daughter's death because earlier in that group circle, she <laughs> Clearly, was like, "We've gone over that, Andy. We know why." Well, she was like, "Oh, I kept my son away from my grandmother, but my daughter, I let and you know, hang out my with my mother, or grandmother, whatever." And she like turned her into a weirdo. She basically told everyone, "Like my kid's a weirdo because you hung out with my mother." And then the kid dies, and she's oh torn away. I was like, you just were bashing this girl in front of your you know, these people early. Like, I don't know. She does. I mean, she does play a part, I guess, unwittingly, in deciding to send. Here's the most unrealistic thing in the movie to me. You send this little girl, who I I don't really know what her age is compared to her brother. Thirteen, right? Thirteen is what she said. He's yeah. sixteen, seventeen, yeah. something yeah, like that. Thirteen. In high school, for sure, yes. That's, something like that. 16, that's yeah. a that's a uh, especially that girl that's cutting off birds' heads, yeah. eating a <laughs> yeah. fucking king size Snickers bar or like grandma's funeral, just cracking them open. <laughs> Sending that girl to a high school party, like 
I don't know. I kind of, I think I maybe disagree with you, Andy. I think she hates the boy more because she had to know what she was doing to him that night. Like he's like, oh, she I, did. Can I please borrow you're the car? Not drinking because she said like you're definitely not drinking now. <laughs> I would, I would, sisters going I would go the other way. I was like, I'm gonna be shit faced drunk if I'm hanging around with <laughs> <laughs> all night long. I did want a scene where those kids were doing whatever drugs of choice that they were doing, and they walk out, and, and they, they see that girl, and they're like, oh, my God. What oh, am I wanting to see? Sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Clett crawling the wall is fine. That girl just walks in with the Snickers bar. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, that high school party was the most unrealistic part. Everyone should have been like, who the heck brought this kid? Like, <laughs> Now they seem totally cool with her. Like, just, yeah, grab yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were. Grab whatever you want. You cake and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your cake party. <laughs> uh, better title for the movie, Jared. Cake party. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> All right. I think that'll do it. Andy, you have nothing to promote. Uh, nothing. <laughs> I, I like on your last podcast. I promoted this podcast. So mm. I can't promote this podcast on this podcast. It'd be stupid. So nothing. If they've made it this far, uh, I think they're in. They're in for the long haul at this point. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity. Have you seen something? Uh, another movie you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Anything recently? Boy, you really set me up for failure here. No. <laughs> this has been our guest. I'm trying I to think of last no movie. other movies. Last movie I saw was uh, uh, Bad Times at Oriel and like, oh, Mary Queen of Scots. I hear it's really good, but good luck finding it because we can't. Does yeah. that count? It counts as something you're looking forward to. And I had to <clears throat> break your heart when I was like, no, hell no, we won't get that for six weeks. Those are for the, yeah. the New Yorkers of the world. Not in my heart, but Nina's heart, my wife. And she's been actually almost like, does Mike really know what he's talking about? I'm like, I'm pretty sure he knows. Hey, he does hey, movie listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hereditary, hearts beat loud. She's just all hey, over it. Give, cut, cut her a break. She's in denial, man. She's mm-hmm. in denial. She was really looking forward to it. And it still is. <clears throat> December 21st. And uh, we will not yeah. be talking about that on Silver Cinema. What are we doing next time? I think we're doing something with Super Van Hyro. He gets the second. Yep. Guest spot appearance, and we're doing uh, American Hustle and uh, trafficking or or tricked, something like that. Something sexually related. Something. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, eat it, Hiro. First (laughs) guest, baby. Man, Hiro's clutching his pearls. (laughs) I'm a fan of your podcast, Hiro, but eat it. I mean, I think I think this has been a Hiro spectacular, the best of Tampa (laughs) that the silver screen has to offer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is charlie here oh harry oh harry oh my harry gets worse than my parakeet beating your heart is what it is he's dead you stood in the hallway staring His head fell off. I don't know what it is. I can't make my heart feel like that. Okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I can. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Is Charlie here?
heartbreaking despair of that girl, Precious. Where did you learn how to do that? Like it's so hard. Look at that girl. She's had despair. <laughs> yeah, she does despair. You know that she's walked around like precious. <laughs> I've had it with this dumb. Food, got the jobs. Our pets' heads are falling out. Okay, just calm down. When we look at you, we see a true American Cinderella on the threshold of a brilliant new career. <laughs> She's going to be at a convention with Beaver and, and Eddie Munster signing shit in about fucking two years. I mean, come on. Be honest with the girl. Come yeah, on. look in that room. Who else do you look like? Right. Those are the people who work all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Oh, here we go. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I was looking at. <laughs> I mean, and no scars, but... Uh, That's some heavy Photoshop, boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just heavy. That's what it is, Jared. That's enough of that. <laughs> I'm sure she's a nice kid. <laughs> this episode's going to get some hate. I do believe. I'm glad we have 12 listeners. Let's hope that none of them are well, we can members. pinpoint exactly which one it is. I hope. Is Charlie here? Who that was? I hope that's not one of them there. Andy, we're trying to get the whole, through the whole episode without saying her name. Like, oh, crap. We <laughs> after cut, all that, that. cut that out. Just bleep it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, you're right. I remember you saying that. I'm sorry. That would be it. That's a good one. Actually, bleep. My <laughs> <laughs> bleep a name. It's that bad. <laughs> I'll just throw a clip in from like a monster movie or something. Maybe like an alien scream or something.